So we're crushing it. Let's keep the hot streak going. Got two picks from the Texas game, two picks from the San Francisco game. So stay tuned. All right, let's get to my first prop here. It is a two out of three over under in the Texas game. All right, so we have Lance Lynn over under 7.5 Ks. That is a silly line. I get that he's been fantastic this season, but the juice is heavy on the under over in Vegas because he's going up against the Mariners. They're likely to have seven lefties in the line between played in Arlington, 90-degree weather, and Lynn only has a 20% K rate versus lefties compared to a 35% K rate to righties. So he may be a dominant pitcher this year. He may be really good, but he's going to against a team that does not offer him a whole lot of K upside. Take the under. Next up, Felix over under 4.5 Ks. Felix is not good anymore. Felix is, in fact, very bad now. He's old. He was once great. He is not anymore. And currently the line in Vegas is set at 3.5, not 4.5. You take the under. Last up, Sin Chu Chu over under 1.5 hit slash blocks. That's not easy to get. I get he's going against a bad pitcher. I get he's in a good matchup. But 1.5 is always a lot considering that he's on the home team. He might not get five at-bats. If he gets five at-bats, that would mean he'd have to have a 400 on base percentage to hit it. And he's not going to hit it on against his base. Take the end. All right, next up, we have my second prop. It's a two out of three rapid fire in that same game. All right, so we have Lynn versus Hernandez. Lynn may not be getting 7.5 Ks, but he's sure as heck going to outscore Felix by 2.5 points. Two run implied total lower for Lynn compared to Felix. So that's six points right there. You have it right there, but he's also got better strikeout ability, more ability to go later into the game. He is the better pitcher and the better matchup. Everything is better for Lynn. You just take Lynn. Don't overthink this. Next up, Calhoun versus Chu. Essentially toss up here, but Calhoun is getting the tiebreaker. Calhoun is a very good hitter. Chu's a very good hitter. They have similar numbers. Calhoun's been a little bit better, though, this year, and he is getting the tiebreaker. You just go with Calhoun. Next up, Solak versus Santana. This one was tough. Santana is definitely the better player, but Solak had a bunch of pop in the minors here, is getting the tiebreaker. Overall, I went for him, and I'm just moving on. Next up, we have my third prop. It's a two out of three over under in the San Fran game. All right, so we have Paddock over under 5.5 Ks. We currently do not have a line for Paddock in Vegas, but my guess is probably going to be around 5.5, and there's going to be heavy juice on the over. He's going up against the San Fran team that may not be very good at striking out, but he's still got 25%. K rate on the season here has great stuff. San Fran's not a great team. They might roll out a subpar lineup. I'm taking the over. Next up, D Rod under 4.5 K. It's just simple. He's not a high strikeout pitcher. He's one of the lower in the league, around a 14% K rate on the season. Yes, he's going up against a high strikeout team, but 4.5 is way too high of a line for me to roll with him. So I'm just rolling with the under. Next up, Machado over under 1.5 total bases. I'm going with the over. D-Rod does not strike out righties at all. Around a 13% clip. He's not good against righties at all. He doesn't give up many ground balls. He only is a fly ball, hard contact guy. Machado's going to be putting the ball in play quite a bit. All he needs is a double or two singles. I think that's easily doable with Machado here in this big ballpark. Take the over. All right, guys, last up, we have my last prop of the day. But before we get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on YouTube. It lets you know exactly when these videos come out so you can get these props in and you can make this money. Also, leave any of your favorite props in the comment section or any questions that you have. 
and I'll try and get back to him. But let's get to my last prop of the day. It's two out of three rapid fire in the San Fran game. All right, so we got Paddock versus Rodriguez. Paddock probably a similarly is bad opponent. Paddock much better pitcher, so I'm rolling with Paddock. He's giving up 4.5 points, which is tough. But Paddock is one of the better pitchers in the league here. You just go with him. Next up, Renfro versus Machado. Renfro, 35% K rate guy, going up against a low strikeout pitcher that gives up hard contact with fly balls. This is a huge advantage for him. Renfro's probably hitting a bomb. Takes a tiebreaker over Machado. Last up, Garcia versus Hosmer. This one's a bit of a toss-up. Neither of them are in a much better spot. They're both lefties going up against a pitcher that's kind of splits neutral here. Garcia, probably a slightly worse hitter. But I really like that tiebreaker, especially when they're playing over in San Fran, which is a very good pitcher's ballpark. So it's not going to surprise me if neither of these guys end up with a single point. So the tiebreaker is huge. You roll with Garcia. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. We'll be back again next week with some more props. Maybe we'll get some football in here. But good luck on your contest tonight. I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, Make sure you check out the current video's playlist. What's going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 5 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders called Grinders Live, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Joining me today, at least as of right now, hopefully that internet holds up there in Canada. It's one Pepsi 7. I'm glad to, you know, I'm glad to speak to you, Pepsi. Good to see you around. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. I enjoyed our 11 minutes on the air yesterday, and hopefully I can last a little longer. They tell me, Dean, the problem is fixed after, of course, they shut the entire block down for two hours, which uh, made it fun trying to build lineups last night. But, um, yes, it's supposed to be fixed. It seems good to go. Hopefully I don't leave this solo here today, buddy.
Yeah, all I heard out of that was that you're hoping to last longer than 11 minutes, and then I was out. I just like the rest of it. I just kind of like I zoned out. But uh, there you go. Have have fun with that chat. Uh, not just the Rotorunners chat, of course. The YouTube as well. If you guys are on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Ask your questions too. Devin, our multitasking producer, he's gonna for sure be pulling uh, some of your questions or all your questions. So he doesn't uh, discriminate uh, and throwing them all in the Rotorunners chat for sure. Well, plenty of time for questions today, Pepsi, because it's a it's a six gamer. And uh, it's really straightforward as far as a six-game slate. Of course, it's baseball. Goofy things happen in a one-game sample, and you basically can do whatever you want. But uh, are you with me as far as how straightforward the slate is? Yeah, it seems to be. There's a couple options we can go and and pitching, I think, and there's three teams that you know you want to get exposure to that seem to be pretty chalky. Again, like you said, anything could happen, and we got some sneaky options here and there. But for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. So it's. Uh, a little confused. Is it is it an easy slate? Is it a tough slate? I mean, I think when it's that obvious, for me, it's a little tough because I'm always trying to find an edge. And when I want to play the things that I think are chalky, I tend to reel back a little bit and play less because I think that's an easier slate. Yeah, uh, for me, I get a little bit goofier with uh, the shorter the slate is, the more compressed it is, and it's a six gamer. So like, I'm more and more likely to be ambitious and take a, you know throw darts at things that don't make any sense and just hope that it sticks against the wall. Uh, just because there are less choices and that's just going to squeeze ownership. And I took a peek before the show as far as, you know, the ownership projections. And we're looking at both the, the combination platter of DeGrom and Hold Your Nose, Derek Rodriguez. They're each like 50% as far as their projection, maybe a little bit less than that. And, of course, the ownership projections get more and more precise uh, the closer we lead up the lock. Let's see what we have right now. I mean, so, I mean, you got DeGrom, who's the clear top pitcher, not even a conversation as far as the slate. He's facing – a Chicago team is without two of their big boppers on the left-hand side, both Schwarber and Rizzo are out. He has the best umpire in all of baseball for calling balls and strikes behind the plate in Bill Miller. Uh, DeGrom is projected, if you pull up a uh, Cardi's projection, the bat, I think it's like a nine-point projection uh, ahead of the next best guy, which is something you rarely see as far as separation. Um, yeah, it's the tricky part, of course, is it's a little different, uh, you know, like a one-pitcher site, like, a, you know, like on a Fanduel because you don't have the Rodriguez play to make it where you can get the best of both worlds, where you can get the best pitcher and some of the best hitters, which we'll talk about in a second as well, uh, because you're kind of like, if you're forcing in DeGrom on Fanduel, it makes it a little bit tricky to get all the big bats. Well, not tricky, but liberal with salary caps, it makes it impossible. So uh, it's, a, it's a bit more of a decision point over there, kind of a fork in the road, but the pivots aren't particularly appealing either, which we'll kind of dig into. And we can talk about every pitcher today, at least mention their names, I suppose, Pepsi, but uh, tell me why, I presume you agree with me, Jacob DeGrom. You confirm all we said so far as, as far as DeGrom being the best pitcher in the slate, raw points, everything, uh, no included. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, in terms of raw points, I don't see how anybody catches him. The reasons you mentioned, he's got an extremely favorable pitcher's umpire, which is nice. Not that he necessarily needs that. A watered-down Cubs lineup. He's at home facing the Cubs, which is nice. Um, you know, he's just been, you know, elite all season long and one of the most consistent pitchers all season long, which is great. His last nine starts, Dean. yeah. Eight runs, eight runs and nine starts, which is less than a run per start for those who uh, aren't so good with the math. It's also two less than a Noah Syndergaard gave up last night. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was crazy watching that. I was actually battling a guy all night long in a tournament for first, and uh, he had the Cubs stack. And I'm like, what? You shouldn't even have this stack, buddy. This makes no sense. But uh, to, to add on to DeGrom's numbers, though, in his last nine starts, 79 Ks in those 59 innings, too. So, He's been lights out. The matchup's good. The umpire's great. The ballpark's fine. We don't, you know, we're lacking elite pitching. 
there's just there's no reason not to go to Degrom at least to get some exposure to him. Uh, and your cash can is your SP one. He's a lock. And as far as tournaments go, he's as safe as they come, and he's got the highest upside. So the price tag's tough because there are three teams definitely that we want to get exposure to. They're very expensive, but uh, it might be why we punt SP two. But but Degrom is far and away the top pitch on the board tonight. Not the greatest K matchup for what it's worth, uh, you know, 20.6% collectively, but there is some strikeouts there and, you know, Castellanos and Baez uh, and Bryant as well. Uh, Caratini also catching. Uh, and also just like from a hitting perspective, like Lucroy's, you're not afraid of him. He's pretty terrible. You'll make contact most likely. Uh, Kemp as well, kind of sort of a contact hitter, 18% uh, as far as striking out versus righties this season. But still, like you're not afraid of those bats. And also they're not facing the likes of Jacob DeGrom, uh, you know, in the, that giant sample as well. Uh, nine and a half is the total Pepsi as far as strikeouts for, for DeGrom. Uh, I'm putting you to the decision point, more or less than nine and a half. That is the perfect number. That really is the perfect number. Um, well, the, the, that's why, you know, in Vegas, those buildings don't build themselves, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times we talk about these things, I've got a strong take either way, and I immediately come up with something. Um, ooh, I'm going to go over. If I had to pick, I'm going to go over, but that, that's a tough number. I mean, you got the umpires we talked about. You know, Chicago does strike out the 10th most in baseball versus right in a pitcher, which is nice. Obviously, Schwarber not being in there. He may be limiting some Ks there. But we talked about it. It's watered down a little bit. No Rizzo. I'm going to go over. I, I think there's a gem from DeGrom here tonight. But uh, I'm not real confident in the over. Yeah, I'm not really confident either. But, like, I'm not going to bet against it. I'm just going to, like, I'm like you. I'll just leave it alone. I'm not going to hammer either side. You don't have to wager on everything. Yeah. I would say, I mean, would we be surprised if you went eight innings and struck out nine? That's still a gem, right? Seven, nine, seven. It's a tough number. I wouldn't bet it either. Um, a couple things I want to address, by the way, in the chat. They're talking about me being subdued. Uh, pre-show, I had some banging on my wall, so I'm trying to not be too loud. I don't want, I don't want to, like, trigger anybody. <laughs> oh, boy. Go to, like, bang a war of any sort to, as my neighbor next door. I'm sure they're a, a lovely person, uh, but uh, they were banging in the wall, and maybe they're having a rough day. They need a hug or something like that. But I'm trying to be just a little bit quieter, Pepsi, so that's why people are saying I have low energy today. Uh, second thing is, Pepsi, you know, people like the wager uh, in the chat, speaking of making wagers, uh, on what I'm wearing, and hoodie is always the lock. It's just lock and load every single day. It's like a license to print money. No hoodie today, Pepsi. I'm not sure if you've noticed. No hoodie. You know why? The national champs, they're playing tonight. UCF. Ah, I was going to say, I mean, everybody in the chat noticed, and I'm like, yeah, no hoodie would have paid off huge today, but uh, good luck to your uh, South Florida, no, Central Florida boys, sorry. Good luck to those guys. Yeah. Uh, The whole football thing that you call it there. Yeah, they'll be fine. They're playing against Florida A&M, the Rattle, or something. They should be okay. And uh, now you're tilting me because you mentioned USF. And, like, just look at a map. And, like, the idea that USF is called USF is completely absurd because they're not in the South. But to hold their conversation, it does tilt me. That's our rival for UCF, I suppose. But uh, uh, oh, and, uh, hopefully things work. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Pepsi Hurricanes coming that way, too. So hopefully things go well for their uh, – stay safe in Florida. Stay safe in uh, Atlanta or wherever it may hit. Or, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough out there. And uh, stock up on uh, all your canned goods and things of that sort. We do want to mention, Pepsi, uh, the sponsor of the show, Fantasy Draft. Uh, you guys know there's a million-dollar a million dollar contest going down. Speaking of football, uh, next Sunday, uh, million-dollar contest. It may or may not fill. Uh, there is no uh, – there's no rake, no rake at all. All you got to do is be a member at, at Fantasy Draft. And, by the way, Fantasy Draft has a cool little function. It tells you, like, uh, how much you've saved so far in rake. Uh, you know, because it's rake-free, rake-free DFS. Again, just become a member. And I have not been playing that much uh, at Fantasy Draft. I'm in the uh, $50 membership because I plan on playing a lot as far as football. That means you could spend 
uh, as much as $10,000 as far as buy-ins, about $300 on average per day. Uh, and again, I've been playing like one lineup in baseball and night, you know, given over there, of course, our contests are much bigger for football. And already I've saved like 55 or $60 in rake. And I haven't even started as far as football. If I get even close to 10,000, we're talking about saving over a thousand dollars in rake every single month. Uh, yeah. Play box. Draft. Big bucks. No whammies. I sound like a shill. I really do. But I swear I, it's a great deal. Bust out your calculator. I know that those sponsors of the show were supposed to promote it. But really, honestly, do the math. It's absolutely an awesome deal. And I want it to feel because I want like this to continue. I want this to be a thing, not just for week one, but going forward as well. Selfishly, I want it for myself and for everybody else. Uh, tonight, Pepsi, there is an NFL free roll. And I'm sure you're all over preseason week four for the NFL. You know exactly who to play this evening, I imagine. Well, I'm just going to go with uh, Chris Gimino because he's been crushing preseason. So it's easy. You just simply uh, play some uh, free NFL football and go with Gimino and Guaranteed win night. Yeah, well, if you're in the premium, if you're a premium member, get in the premium Discord. Uh, there's premium Discord channels for everything for football as well. It's hopping, especially uh, all the preseason news coming out for week four because certain guys are going to be dressing, certain guys not going to be dressing. You're going to have new quotes going on, and it's a bunch of people, a bunch of smart people, including Jimino, kind of bouncing ideas off each other. And you have 10 chances. Devin, he dropped the link in chat, but you guys will probably do it again if you guys missed it the first time around. They're giving away $20,000 in tickets uh, the first 750 people in this contest get $20 tickets into that million-dollar contest. I believe it's 150 k for first. So 750 tickets free right there at the top. Uh, they're giving away 500 tickets to the Wishbone, which is a $4 value. And they're giving away, looks like, 3,000 spiral tickets, which is a dollar as well. Um, yeah, it's free money. doesn't take any time. And you have up, up to 10 entries as well, too. There's no reason not to enter this. Even you, Pepsi, there's no reason not to enter it. Enter it. There you go. Um, yeah. Oh, and you did mention last night, Pepsi, maybe that, that kind of worked out for you because you were, uh, you had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sweat going on. So you had, you had a nice night last night. I wanted to mention because you kind of said it, um, maybe it's, it was a good omen to get kicked off the show. <laughs> it worked out well. It's actually the first time I've ever made lineups on my phone. I always do them on my computer or laptop, uh, much easier for me, very comfortable that way. So doing things on my phone, I'm kind of old school that way. So yeah, as things are closer to lock, I built some quick lineups and I doubled up on a few too that. Maybe I wouldn't have done it if I had more time after the air, but uh, yeah, it worked out quite well. I had a big night over there, my biggest night ever over there on DK, I think, so, or at least close to it. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It kept me up pretty late, but uh, it was well worth it. Hey, Pepsi, we got RG personality, Mangone, in the chat. Uh, try not to fangirl out too much, but he's asking a question specifically for you. He says he's uh, stuck on a podcast with Dean for the NFL season, the absolutely epic early week podcast. Uh, it will be out Tuesdays. Good times. And ask us some questions on the Twitter. Feel free to you know tweet us out. We'll do our best to kind of work it in the show because we're still kind of figuring out our format. It's a it's a first look. We film it. We were filming. We record it Monday nights. So Mangone, uh, he wants to know any tips for how to survive hanging out with me for over an hour once a week. That's kind of tricky. Yeah, I just told him basically to bail. Like like the best idea is just just to bail. It's just not worth uh, putting up with that. Some things aren't worth putting up for. Dean, as you get older, you realize that your time is more valuable. So in Mangone's case, I just think he's best just to walk away. I'm just catching up now the chat is there's so much hate on UCF what are y'all doing there hating on UCF in the chat that's not cool um yeah come on man just trying to rattle you Dean they don't have a preference really nobody even knows who UCF is (laughs) they do now but like they don't they know it was like the school they never heard of and now they hate for whatever reason but uh oh and there you go credit to Dean for discos too last night I mean come on that's I'm not gonna bury Hurwitz that one too much I can't pat myself in the back that was like yeah 
Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. When you played baseball and you won that championship and you got your uh, batting title and all that, was that with uh, UCF? Yes. What did I do now? When you won the uh, championship and won the batting title and all that. The one the guy pulled up from the paper the one day were on the air and was... Oh, no, no. I didn't play college baseball. No, I wasn't wasn't that good. All right, my bad. Was that high school then? Yeah. No, it was like a, a, a travel team, like a local, like a travel team. Basically. Okay. Okay. What a tournament in uh, Wichita, Kansas. There you go. Good times. Shout out to Wichita. My first I'm going to Wichita. <laughs> Is that Jack White you're dropping on us? Yeah, buddy. Little <laughs> Army couldn't hold me back. Little white stripes for us. Good times. Uh, this is what happens on a six-game slate, Pepsi. And like, okay, we talked about Jacob Degrom. We like him a ton for sure. Uh, and then we have some guys that feel like a little bit overpriced, and that also be a little tricky as far as you know pairing him with Degrom. Uh, of course, you can just skip Degrom. That's absolutely something you can do in tournaments. Uh, Hunjin Rio versus Arizona. Um, well, and then Chris Paddock versus San Fran. Uh, Chris Paddock, you know, again, no reason for San Diego to push him. Uh, he got his face punched in last time, as you would say, uh, against Boston. He, he put up a big negative score, gave up with six earned runs, did not make it out of the third. You know, as far as his pitch count, it, it's been dropping as the season's progressed. 62 was his last, like, really good game against the Marlins, I believe it was. It's been a while. Uh, on seven seventeen, actually, if you want to get all technical, I like Paddock. I like the talent. I like the ballpark. I like the matchup. But like, I don't know how far he's going to go, and I don't like this price. I think he's kind of interesting on Fanduel where he's seven K, but on Fantasy Draft uh, and on DK, you know, whatever. In tournaments, of course, you can do it. Uh, he can thread that needle and go six and strike out nine and eighty five pitches. But it's probably a pass for me. Yeah, on Fantasy Draft and DK, I agree. You know, we're talking about. You're still getting 5,000, no, more than 5,000, 5,300, I guess, uh, 5,600, sorry, in savings um, from DeGrom to Paddock. So the matchup's good versus San Fran. They don't strike out a ton. The ballpark, obviously, is excellent. Um, and speaking of pitchers umpires, we don't actually have an extreme hitters or even a hitters umpire on the slate tonight. So our only extreme is, uh, is with DeGrom and, uh, of course, Lester. Um, so the rest of these guys just have neutral or pitching matchups, which is nice, nothing to concern ourselves about. But I agree. The price point's still too high. This is a guy that's never really been pitching deep all year, five or six innings. He hasn't looked great in four consecutive starts now. I think there's certainly a path to a quality start here if you're okay with a handful of strikeouts, four or five Ks, five, six innings. But that's a hefty price to pay to get that. I agree with you. I guess in tournaments, if you're just trying to get the bats in there, you need that $5,600 in savings of fantasy draft. You can go that route. I'll probably do that before I would Lance Lynn who's facing a lot of lefties here and hasn't looked the same himself, or uh, or you, as you talked about, too, who's, uh, you know, again, a good real-life pitcher. Strikeouts have almost all but disappeared here, and Arizona's not to strikes that much anyway. So I'd likely save the money to go down to Paddock after the ground, but I'm not really excited about it. However, you also mentioned FanDuel at 7K. That's just too cheap. If he goes five innings, strikes out four, he pays off that 7K salary. So – I don't know if I would go there in cash. I think there's quite an opportunity to be co- opportunity cost there fading the rum, but I don't hate Paddock and cash and family does give you a significant upgrade for bats. And it might be the bats that win the slate tonight. So certainly in tournaments, you can go to Paddock. And I think he's probably the second option in cash outside of the Grum on Fanduel. I agree with that. It's probably that it's a bet on, uh, like you say, the pitchers can only do so much. The Grom can only put up such a, a big enough score. He can't win it on his own. He's got to have some sticks. And you're basically you're saying that the heavy bats are going to significantly outproduce and make up the difference between Degrom, uh, you know, and the cheaper pitcher we're talking about as far as Paddock on Fandle. And uh, you get you can't have too many cores bats if you play Degrom. It's just how it goes down. Certainly not the premium ones. Maybe one premium bat there if that's 
Uh, it's an interesting call, interesting fork in the road. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to go both ways uh, as far as deciding those routes. Uh, Ryu, you know, I don't know how much they're going to push him. They haven't pushed him so much of late. Uh, he hasn't been great of late either for what it's worth. Uh, not necessarily afraid of Arizona. It's not like this great matchup. It's not a bad matchup. It's, you know, if you're MMAing, I guess he's in the conversation. The one I want to talk about, the interesting one, Pepsi, I think is Lance Land, is that, you know, he's got really dramatic splits this year from a K perspective. 27.4% in the season collectively, lefties versus righties. That's pretty good. It's not elite, but that's definitely good. Against righties, 35% Pepsi. That is elite. That is a legit. That's a big-time number. Yep. You know, the, the, that, that's more uh, DeGrom is, what, 32% Ks versus everybody. So, sure, if he was facing a fully right-handed lineup at 35% Ks, I'm all the way in. But we're but talking how about many, uh, how many lefties? Seven. That's too many. I think that's too many. But they're all right. terrible. Which is not all of them. You got how Cito, many? I didn't Peter. catch that. How many? How many lefties are in here? Siete. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yeah, seven. That's a lot of lefties, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but they're not. They're not good. Like collectively, you know. I guess Seager's fine. You know, Vogelbach obviously he can strike out, but he's got plenty of girth, plenty of uh, power potential as well. Uh, you know, Fraley's been terrible so far in a small sample size. Gordon's got no punch at all. Not going to strike out most likely. He'll just ground out to the second baseman or something like that. But the, the case for Lance Lynn against lefties Pepsi is worse than league average. We're talking about 20.5%. But collectively, this team strikes out at 23.7%. And you got the righty more in there at 34%. So you combine Moore's 34% versus righties and you know, Lynn with his elite ability at 35%. That feels like a couple of Ks potentially waiting to happen there. We have seven and a half as far as a prop in that. And I believe the slight juice is on the under, probably because of Lynn's splits, I presume. More and a half, more, there, more or less Pepsi, seven and a half strikeouts for Lance Lynn tonight. I'm going to say less, just because, again, the lefty thing here, seven lefties, I believe we said. Is that correct? I see what's going on in the chat. Right. Yes. I... Right. Seven lefties, not mine, but it's a lot of lefties, that being seven. And um, I understand they're not elite bats, but he struggles big time. He's also kind of – he hasn't been the same pitch in the last few starts we've seen earlier in the season. He was very consistent, very good to this point, which is crazy. But he hasn't been the same guy last year or starts here too. So I'm going to go under on that one. Yeah. Uh, John Lester has the same umpire that DeGrom has, Bill Miller. Um, he's not cheap on FanDuel. Uh, I'm sorry. He's, I think he's cheap on FanDuel, but on fantasy draft and on DK. Correct. Not. Um, and he's also like, he's a much bigger name than he is talent these days. I, I, I don't think I can't, I can't do it on DK or on fantasy draft. I suppose maybe on Fandle, I don't want to, but maybe. I mean, um, I haven't yeah. played, I haven't played Lester all year. I've been picking on him a few times, but it's 6,600 on, on Fandle. I think if you're, you know, you're doing 10 or more lineups, I think you can throw him in there along with guys like Wood and, and Paddock in that same price range. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you, though. I don't expect big results, but I think he could find his way to a quality start, and that's a pretty cheap price point in Fando. But I agree on Fantasy Draft or DK, it's just he's out of my pool for me. I'm all for blindly rostering any pitcher against the Marlins. Um, yeah, we talked about Disco last night. Disco's actually, like, pretty good, especially against righties, and it's a pile of righties. So I think it's a different conversation tonight with Alex Wood, who, you know, at one time in his career was really good. He had really good stuff, but a lot of injuries – uh labors a ton can't go particularly deep it's a nice ballpark sure but you know on the season Wood's got what 17.1 uh k percent which is terrible his walk percentage is good at 5.4 percent specifically as far as righties his k percent is 15.4 percent and i believe is there seven there's at least i think there's eight righties in that, in that lineup it's too many righties well they're not good righties 
I guess Woods could be fine. I'm not excited about it. And I might, you know, pull back on a couple of bats and get off of that Rodriguez chalk we'll talk about in a second and roster some Woods just because, you know, it's the Marlins. But that's the best thing you could say about Wood, right? Yeah, pretty much. Unless you want to look back and say, well, as history indicates, you know, he's a better pitcher than this. And at some point he's coming around and this is the ideal matchup to come around. And I guess you could sell that as well. But uh, until he does it, you know, he hasn't really shown it to us. So, you know, we talked about DeGrom and maybe going down to a chalky Derek Rodriguez, who we'll talk about a little bit more later. But I think there's also merit to going with an Alex Wood and Chris Paddock combination, too. It's very similar. I think it's within, you know, a few hundred dollars in price point here. And um, you can go that route as well if you, for some reason, you know, obviously I think everybody's pretty comfortable with DeGrom, but for some reason you just can't go with Derek Rodriguez and you prefer two, you know, decent arms as opposed to a, an elite arm of the punt. Uh, Paddock and Wood is interesting. I think Wood is also in the player pool for GPPs and Fandle as well. And I'm basically outside of DeGrom over there on Fandle, just going to mix and match with, with Wood and Paddock and uh, maybe even some Lester too. Because, you know, I think all three of these guys can be very similar. They're similarly priced. You know, I certainly feel better about Wood and Paddock than I do Lester, but Lester's also much cheaper over there too. So keep throwing him in the conversation for FanDuel only. But, uh, yeah, on DraftKings and, and, and DK, it's interesting at mid-tier. I do like the Paddock-Wood combination. It's just something a little different off of the DeGrom Rodriguez. So I'm going to have exposure to him. Uh, let's cross out some names, Pepsi. Um, Chichi Gonzalez? <laughs> no, thank you. Trevor Williams? No, thank you. Uh, one of the Duggar kids? I mean, is this the second Duggar kid to make? I think they're, I don't I think it's spelled differently, if I'm not mistaken, actually. I mean, they had like 18 kids. So you figure one of them was bound to make the majors. Uh, Robert Duggar is pitching for the Marlins tonight. Um, pretty good in double A, but really a disaster in triple A. I think it was the PCL, I think. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, it's a big job, but it's even bigger job, obviously, in the major leagues. So, um, you know, since today is not a high upside lineup, they don't have a lot of strikeouts in that lineup either. So it's uh, it's a pass for me as well. So his numbers in the minors, 53.1 innings, uh, 45 earned runs, if you're into that. 53 innings, 12 homers, 17 walks, 49 Ks, less than a K per inning. Uh, he was And he was good in double A, even though, like, the Ks weren't great either. 73 Ks in seven innings, that's fine, but that's not, like, elite for double A. Um, it's you're just rostering him. He's throwing baseballs in a nice ballpark, and he's fairly cheap. But like, you know, and I guess he's a pivot off of Rodriguez, who is he's a functional major league pitcher. We've seen that in the past. And he's in a much better ballpark, even better ballpark. I wouldn't say much better necessarily. But uh, Rodriguez versus San Diego. Let's talk about uh, Chalk Derek Rodriguez, who I think he's like 45 percent projected to be owned. Which, you know, he can absolutely eke his way to like 10 or 12 points. This is kind of sort of basically all you want survival, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that lineup since Tatis has been out has just always looks more watered down. Machado hasn't been the same hitter this season. You know, I mean, they strike out quite a bit. Of course, that's not Derek Rodriguez's forte at all, but the ballpark is very good. You know, you hope Babbitt's on his side again. We've used him in a couple of situations. Over the last month, I want to say we've used him, or he's been popular at least two of his last five starts, and it's worked out well. So he's dirt cheap again. The matchup's a good one if you're looking for four or five strikeouts from him. You could certainly get to that. We could see six innings, couple runs, quality starts there for him. I mean, do we love it? No, but it's a short slate. We want to get to DeGrom ideally, especially in cash. And these bats, man, there's some big teams, there's some big numbers, there's some big prices that we want to get to, and, and, and that's the route. So I don't love it. I think I'll be a little underweight in tournaments just because I think that's going to be a popular combination, but I wouldn't get away from it in cash. I will still have exposure in GPPs as well. And, uh, Again, at that price point, 
You don't need a whole lot. I may not play him at all over in Fanduel, where he's kind of in the same mix as I said with Wood and Lester and Paddock. I prefer those guys. Um, not necessarily Lester, but just to be different. But on uh, DK and Fantasy Draft, I think he's a good option as an SP2 in cash, and I think he's viable in GPPs as well. Just know that, like you said, he's going to be very popular, and this is not a good pitcher. So, yeah, if you want to be a little different or you don't trust him, sit in that mid-tier, like I said, with guys like Paddock and Wood combinations uh, to be a little bit different there if you want, or even go with DeGrom and try to get yourself a uh, maybe an Alex Wood combination. It just doesn't leave you a lot for bats. 100% no-go for me on FanDuel for what it's worth, but the DK, the fantasy draft is fr- price is so cheap. Uh, and, yes, it's not a good pitcher. 14.4% as far as Ks. That is pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> is that, who's worse than that? There are some guys that are worse. I mean, not much, worse. though. I mean, not much. Uh, on this slate, well, it's, it's, Chichi Gonzalez at 12.5%. There you go. Well, he's also got half the innings, too, and we've seen we've seen Rodriguez pitch last year. This is a guy that's been a major league pitcher for a little while more than Chichi has, and uh, – I guess Duggar's also below that, but still, I mean, 14.4 as a major league pitcher, that's just ridiculous. He's got the pedigree. He's got the pudges as pops, obviously. Uh, you got the ballpark. You're not really, you're not rostering him for him to put up an elite performance. You're, you're rostering him for it to help you, uh, you know, squeeze in the bats you actually want. Uh, we don't have a lineup just yet as far as San Diego, but the projected lineup, we're talking about 23.8%, uh, you know, as far as striking out. Uh, Garcia, they're projecting the lead off at 23%. Naylor at 23%. Hosmer, 23%. Renfro, lots of power, but uh, he'll miss the bat. Uh, miss the ball fairly often at 33%. So there are, in theory, some Ks there. But, geez, uh, you know, it's it's not good. Uh, it's not good. It's worse versus lefties. He's got a 223 ISO versus lefties, a 342 Wobo versus lefties. And we're projected to see what Garcia, Naylor, Hosmer, and Mejia, which is not exactly a who's who of lefties, but, you know, it is what it is, basically. It's a, a cheap and lazy way to summarize, and he's the kind of he's the guy that kind of makes things work. Uh, you know, yeah. and I have nothing. I, okay, Felix Hernandez is throwing baseballs tonight in Texas in 2019. He actually had a lot of strikeouts in the minors in a small sample. I think it was like 13 innings and 20 Ks, but I don't think he be, went beyond like three or four innings for what it's worth. I can't imagine him going like beyond five or six unless things are going like incredible. But um, again, you're not, you don't need that at his price. You just sort of need, you know, 14 or 15 points or so, I guess is possible. It's not a lefty versus Texas, but still Pepsi, this Texas lineup is uh, it's bad these days. Yeah. It's full of K's. And I was going to say, if you, if you can't throw Derek Rodriguez chalk night, uh, the King, can we still call him the King? No, I mean, he's been dethroned. He's like King Joffrey, man. Spoiler alert, but uh, okay. Okay, well, Felix, <laughs> Felix Hernandez, at least, um, yeah, at least um, he is somewhat of a pivot off of Derek Rodriguez if he can't handle the chalk, or maybe you're making one lineup and you've got 5,000 people to beat. You know, you want to do something a little different. But there's Cape potential, as you mentioned. We just don't know how deep he's going to go. We don't know how good he is anymore. We, he's basically average, I guess, at best these days. So, But you could say Derek Rodriguez is below average. So I'm okay with getting off Rodriguez to go to Felix. Um I mean, it's the path it leads us to. We don't want to be comfortable with it. I'm certainly not comfortable with either option, but uh, these are the options, man. All right, so uh, I'm pulling up the game log now. I was checking it out before the show, and I uh, just want to confirm what I was saying before. Last start on the 19th, that would be 10 days ago, 69 pitches, uh, which is, I guess, not, well, in theory it's nice, but you want more than 69 pitches. Three innings, not terribly efficient, uh, five strikeouts. So three innings, 69 pitches before that in the 14th, four innings, 51 pitches before that, two innings, 41 pitches. So he's built up from 
uh, 20 to 41 to 51 to 69. Uh, maybe he gets to 80 if things are going okay. Uh, and he's got the world's oldest 33-year-old arm, right, Pepsi? Like, oh, boy. He's like 1,000 years old, but he's only 33. I believe he started at 19, which is crazy. He's pretty good right away, which is rare for a pitcher, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he could work his way into five innings, five Ks, because up a couple of runs. I mean, that would be certainly worth his, his price tag. And, again, he's the pivot off of Rodriguez if you don't like it. And I'm going to have exposure to Felix as well just because I don't love Derek Rodriguez in general. I don't feel real comfortable being, you know, somewhat all in on him in terms of matching DeGrom with somebody. So it would be DeGrom and Felix. It would be DeGrom and uh, Rodriguez. I'll also have some paddock and wood together as well. And that's pretty much for me to kind of round up the pitching here. You know, I was all over King Felix when he was 19, for sure, back when he was a pup, because like he was, uh, he was awesome back then. But yeah, these days it's hard to, it's a hard sell. Let me ask you this. You think they're going to do, uh, Neville Hill was started home. Are they going to do the King's court like thing where they do the K, 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 and then they flash the K's? And the two... That's what I was kind of getting How to sad me. is that going to be? Is that going to happen? I wonder if they still do that as soon as the King did. Didn't Felix also, did he strike out 20 as well? Uh, I'd say at least 18, maybe 19. I'm not sure about that 20. one big game. I know that Kerry Wood struck out 20. We know that Roger Clemens did it twice. I don't I know. I'm sure somebody in chat will let us know. Either, but Felix had a big K game one time. Now, I think you're right, 18, maybe 19. Maybe he fell short of the 20 mark. But uh, now that I think about it, I think only Kerry Wood and uh, – and, um, and Roger have a big 20. Randy Johnson's a guy that you figure would have a shot at 20, but I don't think he ever did that either. Give me a, give me, give me a summary as far as, uh, as far as pitching. Kind of just did that really. I mean, and that's, I know. Yeah. Cash games, SP one, it's DeGrom. I mean, he's just elite. Uh, the Cubs laps watered down a little bit. Uh, we got an extreme pitches umpire, actually the best Bill Miller, the best pitchers umpire in all of baseball. So everything points in his favor. He is elite. Nobody else can match his floor or ceiling. So you're playing cash, which very few of us are these days. But if you are, I think he's your SP1. I think you match him with Derek Rodriguez and eat the chalk and hope for a quality start there. You could use the same combination of tournaments. has plenty of upside. Um, if you want to get off of Rodriguez in tournaments, Felix Hernandez, we hope for the best. And then if you want to get off of a DeGrom and, and SP2 cheapy combo, my favorite is uh, in the middle here with Paddock and Wood, which is very similarly priced. And, um, and you, you could probably throw some of the guys in there as well, but uh, they kind of missed my list for me today. I think there's some merit to playing John Lester over there in FanDuel. You can play Paddock as a cast game option on FanDuel as well, but I would rank them Paddock, Wood, and then Lester, but I don't have to have John Lester tonight. Uh, Dodger lineup is out, by the way. Matthew Beattie is drawing the two-hole, so yep. he might be like a uh, – I was going to say a cheapie, but he's not cheap on, on DK, and he's not cheap on draft. He's probably cheap on FanDuel. I'm going to guess he is. Probably All like right. – the yeah. King's Court, they still do it. According to the chat, Yisman, who uh, is rarely wrong, my good friend Yisman there, um, he's saying they still do it. So there you go. All right, good for them. Um, we do want to shout out the uh, those that are rocking the Roto-Grinders badge. Uh, have not done that for a couple of days. My bad, that's my fault. Uh, of course, if you guys rock the Roto-Grinders badge, we have to give you guys some incentive. You, you wear it in all the DSS contests. You, you bink or at least finish in the top 10 of the designated contest. Devin's going to go ahead and drop a link for you guys, give you guys some more information on it. You get yourself one month of RG Premium. Good time to get RG Premium because football right around the corner. Of course, we're going to have football shows on Sunday, football shows, I think multiple shows Sunday morning uh, leading up the lock. We're going to have football shows throughout the week. And, hey, my podcast with Grant and, uh, and uh, what was that guy? Mangone. Mangone. That's going to be a good time. So we're going to have try to make it interactive. We're going to try to give away some shirts and, the you know, uh, we'll have some fun. It's 
like it's like the first podcast of the week to listen to. It's, it's film on Monday night film. Why do I keep saying film? It's recorded. Uh, shout outs, Pepsi. You ready for him? Yes, sir. All right. We got Cincinnati 513. We got Beaner. Beaner? TF, no, T Fusco 86. Alan J1014. Is it Beiner? X3 Row. Diamond Dogs 30. And just a bunch of letters, P-W-H-M-F-I-C, which, like, you know, I'm afraid if I hit, like, Urban Dictionary, that might mean something I'm not aware of. But uh, <laughs> I'm an old person, so I don't know what that means. If that, maybe it's just random letters. I don't know. But there you go. Thanks for rocking the RG badge. Uh, Pepsi, we're going to do some uh, some hitters. We're going to go around the horn in a second, obviously. What we want to do first is we want to uh, give me, a, like, a player, maybe a, a team, if you will. Who are we focusing on as far as a core today when it comes to the sticks? Well, obviously, we're looking at Coors Field. Both Colorado and Pittsburgh are the, the top two options today, basing hittable pitches in a great ballpark. Uh, but Charlie Blackman's the guy that really stands out to me. You look at his numbers at home versus right-handed pitching, video game-like numbers are just absurd. He's been a monster. Not still in bases anymore, but it's perfectly fine the way he's hitting the ball. And Trevor Williams is a guy that really struggles versus lefties, has an awful strikeout rate versus him. So Blackman making a lot of contact at home versus Williams is uh, easy moving to the top of my list tonight in terms of hitters. All right, Pepsi. Catchers, a lot of fun, especially on a six-game slate. Are we uh, just going to flat out like say, uh, let's punt this bad boy or what? I don't like catcher. I mean, I, I don't like catcher often, although I kind of liked it yesterday, and it worked out a little bit with my boy Kurt Suzuki there. But uh, Elias Diaz is like the one guy that I want to use. You know, I like the Pirates maybe more than any other team, believe it or not. Um, you know, on the road facing a bad pitcher, a bad bullpen, obviously Coors Field. I know the Pirates aren't that sexy, but uh, Elias Diaz, if he gets to start, I've been uh, hitting refresh quite a bit here, and I still don't see the lineup for Pittsburgh just yet. But but he's reasonably priced at $3,400. You know, I'll end up probably going to Jeff Mathis a few times just because he's a punt. I mean, the guy can't hit. Great pitch for him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Not a very good hitter. And, of course, I mean, you could go to the Nunez as well if you want to use the Colorado side of things here. Um, but basically, it's going to come down to me stacking Pittsburgh. I'll go Diaz. I'm stacking Colorado. I'll use Nunez. And where I just want money because I'm paying up for the Grom or the stacks, I'll probably go to Mathis. But uh, it's as ugly tonight as ever. I mean, obviously, it's a short slate team. But this is a night where really I'd much rather be playing a fantasy draft where I don't have to play a catcher at all, which is nice. But, uh, you know, we're still going to play DK, and we're on the same boat. So uh, we're playing one of these guys. So, yeah, normally in catcher, I know a lot of people, like you said, just punt Mathis and just say, screw it. I'll just get the points elsewhere. And I know he's not going to get me anything. But, you know, on any given slate, just like yesterday, like several catchers, uh, there are some good ones too, like in Garber and Suzuki, competent catchers that, you know, you could basically say a couple of these guys are going to homer, right? A couple of these guys are going to hit home runs. I can't tell you which one, but a couple will. Almost definitely it's not going to be Mathis. So you're kind of sort of yielding some points to a certain percentage of the field. Yeah. But on this slate, you can kind of sort of say, like, it's certainly plausible that, like, collectively all these catchers, not one of them, does something of, like, significance or relevance. So why not just play Mathis? I mean, uh, if you're going to ever punt, this is the spot. I mean, I didn't mention Wilson Ramos as well as hitting in the middle of that order versus Lester, who's become a very hittable lefty, as we know. Uh, he's a guy capable of hitting a home run, too, but uh, more of a ground ball hitter these days. But, uh, yeah, this is the night. I mean, outside of Coors Field, where both catchers are kind of reasonably priced, they're not great hitters. It's a great night to punt. The bats are expensive. If you want to get to the ground, I'm perfectly fine with Mathis. And he's capable of a hitting a walk or something in this situation. I mean, possibly the ballpark's good. I don't know. But uh, 
Yeah, I, you can go both ways. Mathis and Fun, I'm perfectly fine with it. If you want to spend a little bit more money to get a Nunez, a Ramos, or, or a Diaz in there, I like the idea of that because they're still relatively cheap. But if you really want to spend that, whatever it is, 1000 to $1,400 on something else, which I'll probably do more often than not, I agree. Mathis, and away you go. Pepsi, anytime I could work this name into the show, we have one booger-eating moron in the chat saying Mathis is a couple dongs off Felix. And I just pulled it up, and I confirmed it. In 34 official bats, he's got eight home, uh, eight hits, a double and two dongs. So there, is that BVP? Like, for Mathis, it is. I mean, what is that, a 272 average or something? I mean, that's good for Mathis, I guess, yeah. I mean, King Felix isn't the same anymore. I keep calling him King Felix. I guess I always will. You got to understand, too, that those numbers may be more hot recently with him being weak or even you – know, and this is not the same pitcher anymore. So for a few years there, I'm sure he got dominated before he started hitting him. So uh, – yeah, is that enough for Cardi? No, that's not a big – I mean, Shin Su Chu has seen him a 63 at-bats. I can't remember who it was. It might have been – was it uh, Ichiro versus, like, Bart Cologne, where it was, like, 100 at-bats as far as the sample size? I think that was – like uh, it's always interesting to take the biggest, like, BBP samples. I think that was one of them. That's interesting. I wonder who that is. Would it be Ichiro versus Cologne? I mean, I wonder who has faced the most times in Major League Baseball history. That'd be interesting. I think that's what it was, but don't quote me on it. But I, I, it was somebody versus – it was Ichiro versus somebody. I don't know why I'm assuming it's Bart Cologne. Well, yeah. What, question for you. Speaking of Ichiro, would he have broken Pete Rose's all-time hits if he had started the major leagues at 24, say, 23? I presume. Uh, how many is he behind? Like, um, I don't know. What Rose is like 41, 58 or something like that's the number. And was he – he was well over 3,000. I think so. Yeah, yeah I would assume so. Why not? That's the guy who would have shattered a lot of records, I think, if he uh, – because how old was Dietrich when he came over here? Early 30s? Uh, no, I would say he's younger than that. Uh, Just a good four or five or six seasons of his 28, prime. 29? Was he 28? That seems too young to me, but I, I don't remember now. If only we had a machine that could type this in and it can kind of spit out the answer to us. That would make that's, this so much easier. That's why we have the chat. We don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, Pepsi, what are we doing at first base? Yeah, first base, a little more intriguing than um, than catcher, that's for sure. We've got quite a few options here. I think maybe Daniel Murphy hitting cleanup is who I like best. I mean, Josh Bell, I really like Josh Bell as well, a little more expensive. I mean, if money's not a thing, we go to Josh Bell here on the road. I, I think, you know, including cost, Murphy's price is pretty reasonable industry-wide here. So Murphy, Bell, usually it's top two. We can go to Jock Jams, of course, versus Kelly. That's a good option. I also like Danny Santana. I've been playing a lot of Santana. I didn't buy in the first six weeks or so. And then, you know, you start to dig into the numbers and watch his at-bats, and I realize this is just a hitter that's become a really good hitter. And uh, Danny Santana is interesting. I think he'll get way overlooked, especially where he's overpriced. Uh, but in the two-hole versus Felix in that ballpark, I like that as a contrarian play. And, of course, Cody Bellinger, obviously just as good as Jock, more expensive if you're, if you're looking to go to a Dodger there. So we've got a lot of depth here, but I'd still start in course field. Still Bell 1 and Murphy 2 for me. Yeah, Santana used to be a speed guy, and he's added some pop this year. Was he like 22, 23, 24 homers, something like that? The chap, by the way, is saying 27. Uh, that's what Ichiro uh, wow. started currently. Wow, I thought. So, I mean, we can't expect him to go over at 19 and 20 and be a stud, but you'd think by 23, 24, he would have been pretty damn good, right? So we lost at least four good years, I guess, at 200 hits a year. That's 800 hits. I wonder how many he end up with. I mean, maybe maybe he breaks it. I wonder where he's at. But uh, – I think Ichiro is the only guy that I can think of in my time watching baseball, really, that had a shot at Pete Rose's record. Uh, Gwynn? That's your lifetime. Yeah, but I, I mean, Gwynn was still quite a bit off, and he was a monster. He was a hit machine, too. I mean, 
Tony Graham might have been the best pure hitter ever since maybe Rod Carew. Just sort of spot the ball wherever he wants it, basically. I mean, man, he was something else too bad. But his career didn't really get cut short, obviously. He had a good lengthy career and had a shot at it, and he came up young. He was also 19, I believe, when he made his debut. So Gwen had a shot and didn't do it. I'm saying that Ichiro, you know, Ichiro didn't start when he was in his early 20s with a shot. Gwen, by the way, early CEO for Team Girth. Not sure if you're aware of that, if you keep your scoring at home. Uh, Keystone position, second base, Pepsi. What are we doing here? Are we, are we just uh, sticking back to cores? I mean, I think Mann's not terribly sexy to me. He's kind of pricey, sure, if you're stacking up Colorado, but I don't think that's your, your first spend in Colorado. Uh, I presume Newman's going to lead off versus Chichi Gonzalez, well-positioned for those five ABs. Uh, certainly interesting. Uh, Fraser's probably going to draw a start as well, kind of buried in the hole a little bit lower. Uh, is this a spot where we're looking to save some salary maybe? Is this a spend-up spot? Just like collectively, second is kind of sort of gross, and I think I think we're landing on the, the power potential Good old Ruben Odor. Uh, I think that's the one that makes the most sense when it comes to upside and price. Yeah, I agree with you. You can go with uh, Salak or Odor in Texas. They're both hitting pretty good spots in that order, back-to-back four and five. And when I was doing my builds and and tinkering and playing around a little bit, you know, you threw Mathis in a catcher and you threw a value guy in a second. You mentioned, you know, McMahon, obviously, in your Colorado stacks. Kevin Newman, obviously, he's leading off for your Pittsburgh stacks. But those two guys are guys I have to have if I'm not stacking those teams. So this is a good spot to go down to an Odora Salak and save a little bit of money because, again, you know, regardless of what combination you're doing at pitcher, we need a few value spots. If you can do it at catcher and you can do it at second, that allows them to get some of these bigger bats as we move to the positions at short and third where I do want to spend up. So I'm going to give Odor the slight edge over Salak, and then I'm going to go with Newman and McCann as the top four. Uh, I don't hate Josh Van Meter. Uh, I know it's a terrible ballpark, but he is leading off versus Duggar, and we don't know what it is. I don't think he's going to be very good. I don't think he's major league ready. It's just the Marlins and they're, you know, they're playing out the string and he took over Yamamoto's spot. And this guy's not a major league pitcher. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's wearing a major league jersey. Well, if you consider the Marlins jersey, a major league jersey, he's wearing a, a major league jersey tonight. There you go. We hit the quota, quota. If you had 443 in the you know Tennessee time, as far as when we took our first shot at the Marlins, there you go. Collect your winnings. We're going to jump to the hot corner, Pepsi third base. And, you know, it's obviously no one Arnado's world. Is he one of your first big spends tonight? Yeah, I want to spend up for Arnauto here at third base because there's, there's not a lot to like here. I mean, there's certainly a couple of interesting more off-the-board plays. Suarez versus Duggar is interesting. Uh, I think that Justin Turner may get ignored out of all these Dodgers because he really wants to go to the lefties. But that's still Arnauto. Uh, Colin Moran's interesting as well because if he ends up hitting, safe fifth, he could get ignored because he's so expensive, not a big power bat. You know, Newman and, and, and Roberts and Marte and those guys are going to be used ahead of my thing. So, so Moran's a nice uh, play, I think to be contrarian on Pittsburgh, but still Arnauto for me, number one. And I really think Suarez is that a contrarian, interesting play. I wonder, Derek Rodriguez is not good. Manny Machado is really cheap. Ballpark's tough. I mean, in a cast game build, could you be satisfied with Machado or do you got to pay up for a guy like Arnauto? I'm okay with that. And I'm okay rostering Machado against Rodriguez. I'm okay with both that. I have no issues with that. If that, that's what works. I'm not seeking it out. But if that's what I need to make the rest of my lineup complete, absolutely no issues. Yeah, when I was building a Cascom lineup, which I didn't end up playing cash, but when I was tinkering around deciding what I was going to do there, I had Machado in there. I thought, this is fine. I mean, you know, it doesn't maybe have the upside of Arenado, but you're saving a lot of money. And uh, I like the matchup versus Rodriguez. So I think he's fine there too. But for GPPs, I want more upside. I want a better ballpark. So I probably won't get to him in tournaments now but uh again as a cash game build I, i'm with dean too I, I think you can play machado here if you want to spend up elsewhere or if you're doubling up a pitcher perhaps 
So uh, you, you focused on Moran. I thought Osuna was worth a conversation. Ho- uh, Jose Osuna, kind of a small sample, 104 bats versus Fridays this year, presuming, you know, we're assuming he cracks the lineup. His ISO is 319. His Woba is 416. If you want to comp that to, uh, let's comp that to his teammate, Bell. Bell's got an ISO of 335 and a 414 Woba. He's got a higher Woba versus Fridays and just a slightly lower ISO. Uh, and of course, he gets that massive ballpark jump, jumping from Pittsburgh to Coors. So I think Osuna is pretty interesting. Obviously, they are charging you for it. Uh, there's absolutely a tax on this because he's much more expensive than he normally is on DK and fantasy draft. Uh, I'm sure Fandle hit, hit you with a hook too as well, but uh, in tournaments, uh, you know, everything goes and he's certainly a guy worth considering. Definitely bang one out of the ballpark. Let's jump to shortstop Pepsi, your position. And well, I guess we're back in cores, right? Yeah. Trevor story is the guy here again, Jack in a bag upside. He's leading off now again, which I thought they'd go back to Blackman leading off versus a race. So it's interesting that he's back to lead us spot. Again, Kevin Newman likely to lead off for Pittsburgh. He can go that route again. We talked about him at second base, but it's Story's world, just like it is Arnaldo's world at third base here. Again, Machado is a reasonably priced shortstop if you want to go that route with maybe Machado and Arnaldo uh, in your casting lineups. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but really, Story's the guy I want to get a lot of exposure to here. I don't really love another guy outside of Newman in a Pittsburgh stack. Um, Corey Seager, I think, is a reasonably priced, more so on other sites, but. Um, you know, when's the last time you didn't roster Seager and it really hurt you? This guy's just not developed in the hitter we thought he would be. Uh, he used to be known as, uh, what, Kyle's brother, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Or, or Kyle was Corey's brother. Now you can go the other way with it. Kyle's had the bigger games this year than his brother has. So, um, yeah, I mean, Fandle, Corey Seager is a pretty good price point there. But uh, it's Seager 1, Newman 2, and Machado 3. Uh, if money's a thing for you, I can even slide Machado ahead of Newman. Are they the best brothers in the, our generation? Yeah, there's not a lot of good brother combinations, is there, when you think about it? I mean... Um, Uptons? Boss Jr.? Yeah, I mean, BJ Upton was um, had a couple of good years there. I mean, a lot of them don't really count. Like, you look at Conseco and his brother Oz, and go, oh, look at that combination. But when one guy's carrying the entire load, it's not almost like... That's not really a combo, really, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think the Uptons were decent. Uh, Seegers are pretty good. And Seegers are still playing. So, but uh, both guys are just above average, so I guess. But... Um, yeah, not a lot of brother combinations. We have more father and son duels, it seems, than, than brother combinations. What about Greg and uh, Mike Maddox? They combined Greg and Mike Maddox at like 330 wins, probably. A better combination might be the Negro Brothers, because at least, uh, you know, I mean, Phil wasn't Joe, but or sorry, Joe wasn't Phil, but at least he put up good numbers. So that's a better, you almost want almost equal contribution from the father-son tandem. Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr., they're both really good. So, you know. The Gary Yells, how about that? Ooh, they could be very good one day, right? Yordis is doing his thing now, and uh, and Uriel uh, looks pretty good too here. Or Uliuski, sorry. The Negro, the, the Negroes, the, they had the uh, the Vaseline ball, right? That, that was sort of the trick they used. Is, well, the other thing was, were? the Killer Bees were all brothers too, apparently. But I mean, it's like you can never really know who they were. They had masks on, right? Who's who is this? The Killer Bees. But what Biggio and Bagwell? No, I was referring to wrestling at this point here with the masks. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Vigio Bagwell, and eventually Derek Bell was the third guy for uh, the Killer Bees, I believe. Mark and Al Leiter, I remember those guys. Yeah, there you go. I think yeah. one of them was for the – did they both pitch for the Blue Jays? Oh, the Boons. That's a good one. There you go. I mean, uh, Aaron Boone wasn't quite as good as uh, Brett, but yeah. Hey, Aaron F. and Boone, the Yankees love him forever. Uh, let's jump to the outfield, Hill Pepsi. This is the things we talk about in the six-game slate. We're, we're not going to miss a beat. We're not behind on time or anything, I don't think at least. 
So we're in the outfield. I think the probably the best play of the slate, just if, uh, you know, money wasn't a thing, you know, Blackman batting second, you know, they kind of shuffled that lineup there for Colorado. Story's been leading off of late, but Blackman should still probably get his five ABs against Trevor Williams. Not particularly good. Doesn't miss many bats, particularly vulnerable versus lefties. Uh, how much are we prioritizing him and where else are we looking as far as outfielders? Yeah, Blackman's the top guy here. And I, I mean, it's pretty simple. You're, you're looking at – the, uh, the the Pittsburgh outfielders, Marte and Reynolds especially. Um, I think Melky Cabrera, if he cocks that line, is pretty cheap too. I don't mind the, I don't mind the Milkman a little bit as well. Colorado outfielders, again, the Dodgers bats are, are interesting. Something we haven't talked a lot about is Texas. You know, I mentioned Santana at one point. We talked about Mathis, but that's purely a price point play. Um, Danny Santana, we can play in the outfield. Shinso Chu, still very good versus righties. And, um, you know, if Calhoun hitting that three hole is interesting too versus – you know, King Felix, that's pretty much a, you know, shell of his former self here. So Texas is the one team outside of Colorado, Pittsburgh, and the Dodgers who are all high-priced, who are all very popular. But Texas also in a good ballpark versus a hittable pitcher. So I think that Texas true on the outfield is interesting as well. But uh, really, it's kind of a stack or nothing thing in the outfield. I don't really have a lot of one-offs that I want to play. It's, uh, it's going to be Pittsburgh, Colorado, Dodgers, and Texas for me. You got the chat started about wrestling. I saw someone talk about the Von Eriks, and I watched the documentary on them. That's a tragedy in that family. I'm not sure if you were the Von Eriks, but basically everybody, a lot of them just didn't make it. They all got cut short for various reasons. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty I, – I, I'm a sucker for wrestling documentaries, just a side. A little, I don't know if that's a fun fact, but that's a fact. Beyond the mat, that's very good. That's worth checking out, people. If I'm going to roster one Marlon tonight, I actually might roster two potentially. But I think Cooper's pretty interesting against Alex Wood, who we don't really know what he is. So far, he's been bad. And just because it opens up some salary, Pepsi, this is, I mean, this is by no means like the qualifier. We're not planting the flag, but this is, with, we live in a world with a salary cap. I think you can play Lewis Brinson. At 2.1 on DK, why not? I mean, I if, you say, if you want to open up some cap space, Mathis, Odor, or Salak, and uh, Brinson allow you to get DeGrom and maybe an Alex Wood or something like that in there. I mean, obviously, necessarily not against your own pitcher. And some big bats. So I'm okay with it. I mean, I don't know that I go there just because, again, we know that uh, he's terrible. But uh, just <laughs> one shot, he's got the power. And what has not been great. Yeah, again, by no means, by no means an endorsement. Uh, he still has a, a WRC plus that's like 30, which means he's 70% worse than the average baseball player. <laughs> to put that in perspective, like Mike Trout has like a WRC plus of like 180, which basically more or less is like saying Mike Trout is so much better than the average – as much uh, better than Mike Trout is, better than the average player is, Lewis Brinson is that much worse than the average player. Just Who did the Marlins trade to get Brinson? I, I don't remember. I'm sure it worked out for him. <laughs> I was forgetting myself, actually, that, that deal was um, – Yeah, we'll see. That was, Brinson was with Milwaukee, right? Was he part of the Yellitz deal? He may have been. He may have been, yeah. He was part of the Yellitz deal because he was a brewer, so it must have been – that's a good trade. Yelich hasn't done the Blue Jays trade, uh, the, Didn't the Blue Jays? How did the Mets get Noah Syndergaard? Uh, R.A. Dickey and <laughs> I mean, we also gave them Darno, I believe. Oh, well, there. Good job. <laughs> good I job. Mean, Dick, Dickey did win a Cy Young, but on a team that was going nowhere, why would they do that? I mean, yeah. But anyway, that's that's not really Shaw. I'm just saying that Yelich hasn't done a whole lot since your Marlins left him. They're not my Marlins anymore. We've broken up. Uh, it's been a clean break. I've not called or written for years. Uh, just as, we're wait, we're holding out. Just as long as Jeter is there. Up this year, I mean, you broke up last year. I mean, it's been a couple of years. Thanks for bringing it up. There's going to be a solitary tier coming down in just a second or two. But Pepsi, right now we're going to do a little screen share. Feel free to play it, uh, play along at home. 
I'm going to do a little bit of a refresh just in case if our ownership got refreshed here on a six gamer, the ownership of course is going to be compressed. Uh, as of right now, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, 46% ownership for DeGrom, uh, two pitcher sites, Derek Arriga's at 44%, then Alex Wood at 37, Ryu, Lester, and Duggar in the low teens. Uh, we got Paddock at less than 10%. I, I don't hate that for tournaments. We know the upside is there. We haven't seen it, and there's really no reason to push him, but I suppose he can throw that needle against a bad San Fran team. Um, you know, DeGrom, you're going to be over 46%, aren't you? I feel like you are. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not pairing DeGrom with Rodriguez, who are you pairing him with? I mean, um, yeah, it's probably Felix Hernandez. I don't love it, but um, that's where we're going as a pivot off of Rodriguez. Uh, anything else that's kind of sort of sober thing? We talked about the K props in here, and it's pretty, you know, distinct as far as DeGrom. Nine and a half, then it drops down to seven and a half for Lynn, and a couple guys at five and a half. It falls off the table really quickly. Where is Lynn as far as the ownership? Is nobody rostering Lance Lynn? My monitor's blocking Lance Lynn's name. Where is that at? He's projected to be 4% owned. That's really interesting. I think it is interesting. And I mean, as much as we know those lefties, uh, seven, I believe, was what we come up with there. We concluded exactly. seven. Siete. Seven numbers, uh, seven lefties in that lineup, and he's not good versus lefties. But again, these lefties aren't good in general. So it's interesting. The high K gains is a possibility there. So I may have to do a combination, right up on a little linen paddock or linen wood in that middle tier there for, for uh for one lineup as well, but it's still uh, it's just he's been laboring of late, and again, he does not like lefties. I like that uh, somebody in chat thought you were genuinely asking me and like not being a sarcastic smartass about the trade for Lewis. They're actually answering the question. That was really nice of them. <laughs> yes, I, I know. <laughs> uh, questions are starting to line up. Devin's going to pull whatever he have over there uh, on the YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe on YouTube, obviously. I'm going to step aside and make some room for crunch time in about six minutes or so. Crunch time takes you guys all the way up the lock. Lock a little bit later today, uh, 7, 10 on the East Coast. Gives you plenty of time to knock out that. Again, you have to get that at Fantasy Draft. Uh, the preseason contest, they're giving away uh, $20,000 worth of tickets for their uh, upcoming uh, NFL season. Uh, included in that, I believe the first 750 of that is $20 tickets into the million-dollar contest, which has no rake. I will be in there. It'll be good times. Looking, to, looking forward to the football season for sure. Uh, Pepsi, before we turn it over to the people, I need a couple things from you. Some stacks. Be a little bit ambitious, too. Give me somebody off the board. I don't want to just hear Colorado. I know I'm going to hear it. Then give me three guys that are a homer. Again, as ambitious as you want to be. And then some jack-in-the-bag plays. So that's a lot of pressure here, Dean. But uh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, we're going to start at Coors Field. Pittsburgh, then Colorado. The Dodgers, obviously, and a little bit off the board. I'm going to go Texas. Reasonable price tags. Uh, some good bats there. I don't believe Felix is a good pitcher anymore. Uh, home runs in the top tier, Charlie Blackman. He leads off the game. Well, I guess he can't lead off the game now. He's thinking all day he leads off to give him the home run. But uh, maybe it's a two-run shot after story singles. Uh, Jock Peterson in the mid-tier. He leads off the game with a homer. And Brunetto Door is my value for a home run. And the jack-in-the-bag, Dean, I know you're probably not paying attention to me here, so I'm going to give you a minute to think about it here. I got one. I, I, I hope uh, I, you're probably going to go one high, one low. I got your low one if you want to call it low. I didn't do a low one today, damn it. I, wasn't, I, I didn't do that. I got it for you. You ready okay. for it? Guess my high tier one, then give us your low tier one. Um, is your high tier Blackman? No, Starling Marte. That's a good one too. I'm in the same game, uh, and it's not necessarily low. It's kind of mid tier uh, on fantasy draft, mid tier on DK, but it's low on Fanduel. It's uh, Sam Hillard. Hilliard. Oh yeah. Okay, I like it. Yep. 30, 35, 38 homers in the minors, twenty two stolen bases in the minors this season. Yeah, batting, batting out of the um, what is he getting? Tonight, I think, seventh. Yeah, so it's not too bad, but I don't mind it yet. 
All right, we're turning it over to the chat there, Pepsi. Oh, and they're saying thank you for Real Muto. Yeah, the, the Marlins also traded Real Muto to the Phillies for. We don't know if this guy's good. Uh, Sixto Sanchez was the guy's name. Yeah. Um, they, they they comped him to Pedro Martinez for what it's worth. That seems a little bit ambitious, but he has that kind of some, um, They got some uh, bonus money too for the uh, what do you call that? The um, oh, for signing people international 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 pools? signing bonus money too. They might have gotten that one as well, which could go to somebody too. So it might work out okay. Well, it's going to go right in Derek Jeter's pocket. I'm, just as long as they're profitable, that's all that matters. Good for them. You think um, a guy that competitive would want, want a winning team and not worry about money. I mean, if I owned a team and was making good money, I just want to win. You know, I wouldn't worry about how much money I'm making. I'm not here counting people's dollars, but this guy, you know, he's made a lot of money in his life. He's certainly successful. You think he would, like, do you really need a few extra dollars? You know, whatever. It's, and it was great. Like, the, watch, he was watching the other game. Like, watching him from the skybox, he has the saddest look on his face. Well, like, there's nobody in the ballpark. They're down, like, 12 nothing. It's a disaster. I'm not that I'm hate watching them or anything. How do you feel about the Red Stack? You know, that, that Phillies fan that was asking about uh, that trade, thank you for him. But the Phillies uh, giving up 19 runs to the Marlins and losing a couple of games in a row. How does that feel as a, as a Phillies fan? That's kind of interesting. I think the Marlins actually might have a better record against the, the Phillies this year, heads yeah. up, what it's worth. Sam, for those of you in Philly throwing shots, I don't know. Um, yeah, the Reds are interesting. You know, Aquino and Suarez, obviously multi-homer upside. Um, you got a couple guys on base in front of them. I like the Red Stock. I would say that they rank fifth for me. Pittsburgh, Colorado, the Dodgers, Texas, and Cincinnati comes in number five overall in stocks. Okay, Pepsi, there's a lot of questions. We have too much shenanigans. We got to go lightning round. You ready? Yep. Cash, Newman, Arenado versus Story in Osuna. Uh, Newman, Arenado. Favorite shortstop not named Story. Here's a story. Um, it's going to have to be Newman. Thoughts on Machado, you already gave him, but feel free to summarize in like seven words or less. Uh, Rodriguez is very hittable, so he's capable of a couple hits in this game tonight here, and the price tag is pretty good. So if you need to use him third or short, I'm fine with him in any format. I just don't think he has the upside of, of Arenado types and stories, but uh, he's under own, and it's a good matchup. I didn't say 70 words. I said seven words or less. Uh, Derek Rodriguez and Chu versus Wood and Desmond. Wood and Desmond. Okay, you got to pick one of these pitchers, Williams, Hernandez, and Gonzalez, because it's a specific slate. Uh, Felix. Navarez, Nunez, or Kiner Falifa? <laughs> Sorry again, Navarro? No, Nunez, Nunez, yep. Uh, thoughts on Arenado? He's great. Are you prioritizing him? Um, he might be the top bat in the slate. I chose Blackman. You could go Arenado, so absolutely. Thoughts on Reyes? Reyes? Yeah. Which Reyes? Why am I drawing a blank here? It just says Reyes. Uh, Fran Mill? He's really good. He played earlier. <laughs> I don't know which Reyes you're talking about here. What Reyes are we talking about, Dean? Pablo Reyes. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm going to pass. <laughs> Can I pass on that question? <laughs> Who is your favorite Reyes? You just kind of ran those down. Uh, Aquino versus Marte. I think you want Marte, right? Yeah. Aquino's interesting. You're playing only one lineup. You're trying to be different. Aquino. But uh, Marte is one of the top players on the board. Seven or Siete? Say again? Van Meter or Galvis? Van Meter. Uh, I'm not sure I, you, sorry. Any interest in Forsyth? I don't hate it, but I think it's a Texas stack or value maybe. It's not a bad play. Uh, is Paddock okay for Fandle single entry? I think it's okay. Yeah, I like Paddock and Fandle. Yeah, you can go that road for sure. We got to go. D-Train's giving us the hook. Uh, finish strong here, Pepsi. Reiterate a point. Bring up something new. Uh, tell the people uh, what's going on your weekend. Tell them something. Tell them something good. If you're not going to Grom with either Felix or Rodriguez, uh, stick it out in that mid-tier with Paddock and Wood. I like that combination. It's a little bit different, hopefully. Uh, Paddock and Fandle is perfectly fine as well. And uh, outside of the big three stack, 
Texas and Cincinnati are interesting. Pepsi, Dean, UCF, national champs. Y'all have a good night. Holler. Enjoy your baseball.